Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the breakfast show. Imad, when you hear the term old school, what do you、mm. immediately think of? Well, one thing that permeated my childhood was the Sony Walkman. Wow,、oh, so、music. That is old school for me. Yeah. Yes. As I, old school as it gets. For me, when I think old school, I immediately also picture a connection to the past.、Mm. But like in primary school, I remember I used one of those pay phones that only took phone cards、uh, to call my parents in school. It's like、uh, 10 cents yes, a yes, call, yes. maybe every 90 seconds. They're much harder to find now.、Yeah. Um, but. Maybe not impossible because our intergenerational series today features a pair of father and daughter who have founded a vintage shop in Commonwealth where the relics of Singapore's past come alive. That's right. From old signs to Kopi Tiam cups and Kopi socks, this treasure trove transcends mere objects. It's a celebration of stories, sustainability, and the timeless allure of the past. Yeah, it is more than a shop as it has become a cherished portal to the bygone eras of Singapore's rich heritage. So let's welcome them, starting with Dad Winston Wong. He's the co founder of a shop called Buy My Old School. It's a vintage paradise overflowing with an abundance of nostalgic treasures. Hi, Winston. Welcome Hi, to the good studio.、Morning. And we are also joined by his daughter and business partner, Rebecca Wong. She's the co founder of Buy My Old School, who's also a former editor of SPH Magazine's Home and Decor. Hi, Rebecca. It's Hi. so great to have you both in the studio. This morning. Good morning. <laughs> All right. Well, Winston, let's actually start with you.、Um, what an interesting idea.、Uh, tell us how Buy My Old School came about.、Uh, what inspired you to create a vintage shop? Yeah, first and foremost,、um, I think、uh, collections of、uh, vintage or whatever heritage you know, runs in the family.、Mm. Different members collect different things, but I tend to you know, look at the items which are very functional because. When I was in UK on a training mission by the、uh, SAF, then as a naval diver. So, most of my weekends,、uh, I basically visit free markets, especially was the Portobello.、Mm, yes, I've market, been to Portobello Market. Where you link up to your colonial past because they have vast variety of things which fascinate you. We have seen it in Singapore, and there you already discovered the meaning of such things in their lifestyle.、Mm. And,、um, From then on, I actually concentrate on a lot of maritime items because, as a diver, I understand how these、uh, items were developed to help seafarers to navigate safely. And、um, at that point in time, of course, everything is、uh, very manual. No, there's no GPS, so finding direction is either through your you know magnetic compass or your sextants and things like that. And all these are、uh, skill-oriented kind of、uh, mm. equipment, and you retain the skill of doing it. So I find it's a、uh, sustainable things, you know. So as a diver, also I was fascinated because I was doing mine clearance diving, and the diving suit are totally different from what you thought it would be. In normal scuba diving, we have bubbles coming out, we have a magnetic、uh, field around us because of metallic parts and all that. But in clearance diving, you actually have a closed circuit set where the carbon dioxide are you know scrubbed back into the system. So as such, there's no bubble, and also the whole set is rubberized. The reason is、uh, because mines could be magnetic influence or even、uh, can be chemical, can be acoustic. 
So you have barber coming out of your set. You basically can trigger off the minds because uh, to at that point in time, they have algorithm of uh, divers, you know, breathing rhythms and uh, either friendly or for, you know. So from all this, I seek to look for items which really um, open up a new world to me, you know. They are so advanced and literally um, you cannot imagine that such thing exists. Like for instance, talking underwater, they don't have a direct audio kind of sound. You yeah. use your bone-seeking device where your bones vibrate, you know, through your throat <laughs> and all that, and they interpret it as conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So every day is a learning experience, and therefore I pursue on uh, collections anything that fascinates me and could tell me, and I can reflect back on how I use this equipment and you know how dynamic things were then. All right, Rebecca, let's bring you in here. Your, your father is a seasoned collector of nautical items owing to his experience as a naval diver. What's your most cherished item in your collection and how has his inclination towards collecting influenced your passion for vintage items? So um, I believe collecting appreciation for vintage items really only comes about when you are older. Uh, Some of that mentioned, it runs in the family. So there is a DNA of collecting in his side. And I started, well, in, uh, I guess when I was an undergrad, collecting like popular culture posters and toys and all that. And didn't really pay attention to what my dad collect. But uh, mm. later on, then I realized, yeah, actually, he's collected all these nautical things and tools. And then so I started to also develop my own collection of mainly Singapore-related items. And uh, my most cherished piece, I would say, would be something that's passed down from the family. So passed down from my mom's side, actually. Um, it's a butter knife from uh, my great-grandfather. Oh, wow. That it was passed. Uh, he used it and then my grandmother used it and now it's back to me. And also a sewing machine. A small little portable sewing machine that he had that he sold um, something called uh, immunization. Like back when babies uh, were immunized, there would be this huge wound. He worked at the clinic. He would sew the ribbon on the gauze, tie onto the baby's arm so that it wouldn't get infected, so the flies wouldn't get at it. Mm. So it's through these things that we learn these kind of little-known stories about the past, which I find is really valuable. Imagine if they had thrown away in a sewing machine, I wouldn't have known this part of history about my family. Mm. So that's why we collect as well, so that because everything has a story to tell. Yeah. 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 Um, let's go back to you, Winston. Um, let's go into pricing, okay? Because I'm curious as to how you go about deciding how much an item should be sold for and how much you know they're worth. So if if you could walk us through your pricing process and also are most people buying or renting from Buy My Old School? Yeah, I think uh, it's quite subjective, but through our experience and value system, we can effectively price it based on how rare the item is mm. and also the demand by whoever who needs it. Because not just collectors per se, but it can be a research company like for certain aspect of caregivers who look after dementia patients, then obviously we balance out exactly what their needs are. And if it's for a good cause, like setting up museum mm -hmm. or just a theme area to showcase all these old, like analog kind of um, instrument and machines, mm. like your old typewriters, your, you know, that create sound to indicate that it's of different era and things like that. Yeah. Obviously, we would do it quite easy for the buyer because it was for a general good. But if it's a rarity items and um, there are not many left in the market, especially now you have Googles and all that, mm. you could easily establish a price 
and of course um, through friendships and uh, fellowships and all that we can uh, go to a very good compromise with the buyers okay rebecca let's bring you in here as an experienced former editor of sph magazine home and decor uh, can you elaborate on some of the design tips you have mm. for vintage lovers who want to display their collections at home without it looking cluttered I mean, if you want to collect, try to make it part of your home decor instead of just collect and then stashing it away. Because the nice thing about collecting is appreciating the things that you, you have collected at home. So I would say, you know, get centralize them, like gather them in, in a place, be it a display cabinet or a wall hung shelf or even a tray with a couple of trinkets on it. Um, so group them together by team. Let's say you have a, a group of like barber-related items or old tools or you could frame them up so they, if you don't have space like you know, for a cabinet, you could frame them up and put them on a wall. So there are always, um, uh, there's always ways to... Uh, small things you can do that. Mm. And also we try at the shop also to try to see whether old things can be repurposed into something new. Because often they have um, no longer, they're obsolete, as in we don't use these tools anymore. For example, like a blowtorch, mm. you know, that, that was quite common in welding and, and small little craftsman workshops. Uh, so for that, we could like, sort of convert it into a lamp. So it becomes ah, something, yeah. It becomes something new. Yes. So if you're just joining us, we're speaking to Winston and Rebecca Wong. They founded a shop called Buy My Old School. It's a vintage paradise overflowing with an abundance of nostalgic treasures. So Rebecca, just picking up where you left off, you know, I've seen the website. I've seen the wide range of items you guys have at Buy My Old School. If you can give us an idea, how many items do you have in your shop? Like, how are you managing that growing inventory? And also, how many items do you actually sell? sell daily okay um one article uh, estimated it at ten thousand, but actually i'm not sure whether that's a safe estimate or we haven't really done a count okay. because we collect mainly smaller items we don't have space for things like furniture yeah so um and smaller items uh we try to keep it organized uh, because we do prop rentals as well mm. so we have to group some of these things extras we put it like i'll organize them by trade and put them into boxes and we do have curated sections in the shop. So it's not like just shelves of things that we do have like a copy tiam area where you have all the coffee shop related things. And we have a bookshelf area. We have a records area. We have like a barber and a Chinese medical hall area. So by having these sections, it allows us to have some kind of organization. And then it's easier for me to locate stuff as well. Mm. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time this morning. It's been wonderful to hear about your vintage collection. And we wish you all the best. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, we've been taking a trip down memory lane talking about vintage items that often bring a lot of personal comfort and allow us to connect to simpler times before, of course, this current era of instant gratification. Winston Wong, the co-founder of Buy My Old School and his daughter Rebecca Wong, co-founder of Buy My Old School. If you want to check out what they have in their store, you can go to buymyoldschool.com. They're located at Commonwealth Drive and they have a range of items from old television sets to whiskey trays, abacus and rotary dial phones. You can also check them out on Instagram as well. Buy My Old School is their hashtag. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.